Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast with Melanie Dawn and Tanya Ryan. Welcome back to the Spiritual Boss Podcast. I'm Melanie Dawn and I am going to pull my own weight today. I want to thank Tanya right off the bat for holding us down. She's been looking after our podcast while I've been going through some really big life changes. And I think that um, that's kind of where I want to go with this podcast. I don't, I'm in a phase right now, I guess, or in uh, a cycle where I really don't feel like what I have to say is valued. So um, I'm just going to share with you, and that's like not looking for sympathy or, or anything. It is the, it is the truth. And uh, it's just, we're, we're cyclical beings. And um, this is part of my faith that I wanted to share with you that, pulls me through these times and is allowing me, although my voice is shaking, uh, I do get vulnerable, but I don't usually, uh, there was one lady I worked with, she said, don't let them watch you go to the bathroom. And I feel like this episode might be a little bit of that is a little bit more of me that you may not see. I have a coping mechanism of being overconfident. And so a lot of people wouldn't know that I do go through these cycles And I think it's important for us or people who do want to be in the public eye and people who do want to um, be a teacher and and a guide or a light for others to be extremely real. As counteractive as that seems to your business plan, I I don't see a business plan without it, Uh, especially if you are teaching about healing or uh, before I jumped on here today, I was thinking about I love the, I I used to hate the word healing um, and now I love it because it isn't just about what I need to do to fix it. I think healing is learning and that's what I was, it was going to, I would challenge myself to sit with that this morning. What is healing to me? Because I don't ever feel healed. (laughs) That's kind of like the, the weird part about it is I don't ever feel healed. I feel like I've learned a lot about my wounds. I feel like I've learned how to see them. I feel like I've learned how to work with them. But I know without a doubt that they are still there. And part of my spiritual teaching and um, a spiritual practice that I subscribe to, it, it may be just a download to me, but that you already are. And every time I'm in this stage of the game is that as much as I feel like I want to quit, as hard as it feels, and there are so many good things happening for me right now, but my brain, I call it monster brain, is in a state or a stage phase cycle that it just wants to focus on what is not. And state of lack, and I talk about that quite a bit, is you can't be in lack if you're in love. I'm having a really hard time being in love. I'm nitpicking and it's because everything around me is changing. And this podcast may get disrupted this morning. We just moved. Um, Everything is new. All of my old neural pathways are having to rewrite themselves. I feel lost, um, although everything is exciting. And this is something that myself and uh, for sure, my youngest son has wanted for a really long time is to move to the country. 
and you know, I can't see anything but negative about it. And then I beat myself up about that. And um, it is it is just where I'm at. My whole energetic biography, which is subscribed to the familiarity of my past house, my old house, it is in strong resistance right now. And it's going to point me into all the places that are wrong. And Part of my healing journey is the learning that this is just a phase. This will come and it will go and it will be back again. So if I do have to depart here quickly, um, I'm getting some install stuff. <laughs> Life is just pretty chaotic right now. So I'll just give you the heads up on that. Everything that is happening to me is happening for me and through me. That is one aspect of the spiritual teaching of you already are that um, that's like my tagline every time I go into a slump I say or or I think oh I need to do more of this or I need to be more of that I say you already are and if I'm doing it from a place that I have to do it because this person's doing it and look Melanie they're selling out all their stuff or they're successful right now you need to be doing that that is um not my path, unless I feel really compelled and drawn to it. And there are times where I've tricked myself for sure <laughs> and, and done a few things. And one of those was body talk. I took a modality called body talk and I love it. I think it's incredible uh, healing technique, but I already did it. <laughs> I was already doing that. I didn't need a protocol chart to tell me where to go in the body. But what I was looking for was certification leading to validation from the outside. I wanted people to take me seriously. And what I was really looking for was to take myself seriously, to take what I do seriously, to take the gifts that I have seriously. And I was putting that on others to try to make myself feel better. As if I pay, it's a really expensive modality to get into. Um, if I pay this much, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have this much success or people will finally see me as valid. And that's my, my pursuit, right? Is, um, uh, my deep, deep wound is that I am not valued. So an, a certification would lead me there. You know what I did with it? Nothing. <laughs> I did absolutely nothing with it. And so now I teach Reiki. Um, I teach all levels of Reiki and I teach it from the seat that, you're not coming here to get this certification. It's actually the last thing I talk about is pretty much becoming a certified. I do throw it in there sometimes. But the certification part of it is the the least promoted or least in my heart aspect of Reiki. Reiki teaches you the foundations of energy and it guides you back home and it gives you permission to look at yourself. And if we look at the fundamental underlying belief of most religious or spiritual teachings across the globe is the great pursuit of know thyself. And I think Reiki is a perfect path to start there. One reason why is, and, and I know not all teachers do this, but I know quite a few do, is to implement a 21-day healing period after your first level. And that 21-day healing period, you're not allowed to work on or touch anyone else other than yourself. Hold on, TELUS is calling. I'm back. That's another aspect of living in the country is no one knows where you are. 
not Amazon, not TELUS, <laughs> but uh, in Reiki level one, you are destined to work only with yourself. And I know so many people, including myself, I took level one and all I wanted to do was test it out on other people. And it really serves as a bypassing of the healing that Reiki is and does for us. So after we have these attunements and we're open up and these energy channels open up within us, some people will go into a bit of a depression. Uh, some people will feel light or experience headaches. There's all kinds of things that can happen for us after Reiki attunements and all of them are perfectly designed and perfectly set out for your own unique healing or learning path. Our mind serves as the greatest distortion from our healing and because we layer so much of what we, like what I'm going through, we layer so much of what life is in the, uh, perception of good or bad and not just an experience because that's what life is. We can't live through life having zero things happen to us because we are humans having a human experience that includes death. It includes significant and enormous amounts of pain. It includes joy. It includes all aspects of our emotional system and what makes us up as a person. But because our minds are so intelligent and so smart and have the ability to reside in the past or to project forward into the future, that most of us spend our lives suffering in this moment for something different. Not to say that once you learn this, you won't do that, but you'll realize that you're doing that. This is part of our consciousness, part of our intelligence, part of our mind. And, and the great illusion of what we live with is our perceptions. We will always experience pain. Many of us have patterned throughout our lives that pain follows big, big emotions, typically joy or happiness or everything's going well. And because we are so intelligent, then we try to stay as neutral as possible to stay in control and not experience pain. It doesn't work. <laughs> I'm here to tell you it doesn't work. It just allows you to experience less joy. And maybe if you experience less joy, the sadness isn't as deep. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I think that when we sit in this disillusionment of that we can control through negating our emotional state by making it less emotional, making it less happy, I think that's an illusion of control. It's an illusion that we can save ourselves from the greatest pains that we'll experience in our life. And I have had the privilege of standing alongside people going through some of the greatest pains of their lives. And I can tell you that no matter how much they tried to avoid that pain, it still came. Then why do we choose neutrality? You can choose, and this is another spiritual teaching, the, the path of neutrality, the path of equanimity. 
but from a different space of than control. Control looks like I reject everything that is in pursuit of something that I feel I need. Neutrality is I welcome all experiences without attachment. So that is when we lose our parents. If you, God forbid, lose a child, if you suffer a terrible illness, all of these things seem, from the perception of good and bad, unfair, and like you've done something karmically wrong to deserve them. There is a karmic wheel, but because you get sick, isn't because you're bad. Because you lose your person isn't because you're bad. There is a karmic wheel, but it isn't in punishment. We have been looking at the karmic wheel for so long as a method of justice. And the truth is, is that the karmic wheel is already written. Who you are meant to be, that aspect could be that it's backwards, right? We're playing that out backwards. What if, because you have to be that, you're going to be this now? What if that if you don't, didn't change a single thing about who you were now, that would still exist? We have no way of knowing, at least as far as I know. The karmic wheel is, oh, there's a ladybug in here. Isn't that funny? I can still see the signs, even though I'm like, at the bottom of the well looking up, I still see the light and I can still see the signs. But I guess I, I do tend to, and, and I, again, beat myself up for this because I don't tend to stay on one train of thought. I go all over the place. But uh, this is part of my coming home to my compassion. And I don't know what I'm going to title this episode, maybe just listening to me drone on for a little bit. But uh I'm really grateful that you guys are here. I'm really grateful that you have listened to me and Tanya for as long as you have and that you speak to us in a way like you know us. There's nothing greater than um, when someone reaches out and says, like, I feel like I know you um, through your your talk. Oh, we got something going on back there. (laughs) So many noises. I've been battling this little uh, coming out of the cave since October, November. And uh, I had to just get up because I wanted to make sure that it was a ladybug, but he has a broken wing. So there's a ladybug here with a broken wing and I think how symbolic, because I feel like I've had a broken wing since October, November, um, about the time that we uh, were set on purchasing this house. I've just felt a little broken, a little fractured, like a piece of me is left behind. And seeing this ladybug with his broken wing, his life is still carrying on. He's found a safe place inside my home, unless he ends up in the toilet where my son thinks he's a tick. <laughs> that that did happen. This house is filled with um, ladybugs. This is actually the third one that we've seen. You are not broken. You are not your experiences. You already are. And... I think that many people, like I I did mentorship for a while, I've kind of pulled back from that, I've pulled back from coaching, just because I didn't feel like it was achieving the the effects that I wanted it to, 
I'm a codependent and it made me want to do things for other people, which is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not willing to do because it interferes with their own karmic wheel and their own karmic cycle. So I had to step back from that and work more on, um, why I'm a codependent, why I fear my own voice. And you as listeners may not know this about me, but, uh, as a younger person, I, I, often would change my voice. I did many different accents, which would probably get me canceled today, although I was really good at them. Um, there is, uh, yeah, I've always just struggled with my voice and I watched it in my youngest son too. Coming into your voice is incredibly powerful if you have the belief that you are not worthy. And right now, what I'm being initiated into is looking at what about this is similar to my past? What am I meant to learn here? And leaving my home has left me feel, feeling again abandoned. It's left me feeling rejected. I grew up in a, um, a home with an alcoholic father, but he's been sober for a really long time. But he was never... We weren't the typical, like, what, what um, when my family was together... We did everything together. And even like my partner and I try to do everything together. That wasn't my parents' relationship at all. And I'm, I don't want to speak on their behalf, but it wasn't modeled for me. My dad was very much independent. He did his own thing. He would leave the house often. And we would be left not knowing where he was or like he, he was going coffee, okay? <laughs> was He wasn't going to Africa, but he was like going to coffee, but was never invited. And my mom worked a ton. So we were left home a lot. Um, we we fought a lot. I felt unsafe a lot. There was a lot of chaos. And I think I'm being brought into that healing of healing those abandonment wounds once again. That's why I say, like, as I chose this topic today, you already are. You already are everything that you need to have to be who you want to become. But it may not be success. It may not be six figures. It may not be being adored and admired by millions. It may not look like, and the, I'm, maybe I'm projecting onto you, but I, I only know my internal thoughts. It may not look like what you think it looks like because you're serving your wound. You're serving your wound. All of the reasons why you want to be where you want to go is to avoid your wound. But if we go into the wound, how do I heal that? Okay. Uh, A practice I've been working with a lot lately is I'm having inner dialogue. When I'm feeling... um, angry thoughts towards myself, when I experience a lot of judgmental thoughts towards others, I am going in and I'm asking myself, where do I need to love myself more? And one of the greatest practices that I have been doing is even offering myself touch. And this may seem a little weird for those of you who haven't done any like Uh, inner parenting or inner child work but when I'm having those really vicious thoughts that loop and loop and loop and I I think you all will know what I'm talking about is that we've done something we've embarrassed ourselves or we've said the wrong thing or we weren't invited to a party and you just get this like insidious voice inside that tells you all the rotten things about who you are 
I have literally chosen to stop it in its tracks and say, I love you. You are so valid. You are so needed. And you are so loved. It's hard and it's weird, but it works. And combined with touch, because it depends on what kind of um, learner you are. But for me, I need to integrate through touch and movement. And when I touch and I stroke my, my it's usually my forearm because I'm laying in bed and I'm sad. <laughs> and it's right there. And I touch it and I say those things. It helps to quiet that voice. And I think if there's any teaching that I could offer you is to find something that works for you like that because it's been a massive game changer. I'm coming out of this winter season. I can feel it. My programs are starting to sell again. But there was a while there where I was making no money. And I will be very upfront and honest with you about that because I think that there is a lot of deception in the money world and the mentorship world is that for about a period of three months, I was making no money. If you looked at my overall year, it was great, but I had never gone that long without selling, without having someone enroll. And having people not enroll in your programs is a whole different level of rejection because it's not just one person, it's many. It's many that choose not to enroll in your program. And of course, it could be timing, it could be my energy, it could be all those things, but good God, does it make you work. And so as a person who has put themselves out there as a mentor, I am telling you that it is not all the time. And uh, if if, if it's, that's not true for someone else, I'm telling you my truth. And um, I just, I really feel compelled to share that with all of you, especially if you are in the healing world and the healing realm. And oh, I shouldn't say that, like I will, would have clients, but I mean like steady big income that could pay bills. <laughs> that wasn't coming in. That was really not coming in. And people weren't enrolling in my programs. I was canceling my um, trainings. I was canceling um, things. And, uh, you know, what's funny is that when they would get canceled, I'd be like, Oh, phew, I didn't, I didn't have space for that. Or I didn't have this. And so we are in constant communication through our energy with everyone else. Right now I am wide open. Come at me, sign up for my programs. People are signing up. This is where my energy is. Although I'm not quite ready to take them in just yet. Everything's happening towards the end of April. It is this, newfound energy of receiving again, but I needed to go where I am. So if you are where I am, or you're climbing out of where I am, or you're in a different phase, and you want to remember this podcast to come back to it, I just want you to remember that you already are, that everything that you need, you already are. Everything that you want to be, you already are. Everything is within you. If you want to choose to learn, if you want to choose to grow and expand and um, go in someone else's teachings, we are all teachers. And that is another great one thing I want to send to, or share with you out of my um, spiritual practice is that the greatest teachings come from those around us. And in my trainings, when I have people come in and they are so vulnerable and they share so much, I heal or learn so much through them. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about the world. 
I, I do. I firmly believe I tell people all the time we, we, we conglomerate in communities because we need each other. We are mirrors of healing for each other. So don't ever uh, think that you have to do this alone because you do not. You actually would be better off by being vulnerable. And even for me, right now I can feel the healing coming through. And thank you so much for being here for my own healing experience. And I, and I hope in some way it helps you with your own. But um, when we share, especially I'll come back to the voice bit, is that when I was trying to change my voice, I was trying to change who I was. I was not accepting who I was. I was constantly trying to become who because I'm an empath as well, right? Well, we all are, but I was very highly attuned from a trauma response to changing who I was in order to fit in with who I was around. Oh my God, I was so lost. I always felt like I had to be on. And now I'm going into this space of, it's okay for me to receive. It's okay for there to be awkward silences. It's okay for people to have to sit in their own awkwardness. I used to try so hard, a people-pleasing thing, to make sure that nobody was ever awkward, but I think awkwardness is where we grow. So coming into my voice really changed that for me. And um, it was in Yoga Nidra where my voice was freed. And I, I, of course still learn more more and more things about my voice, but um, on the most part, I am okay with it. I am okay with my voice and um, its purpose and, and how it's here to serve. So if there's anything that I want to leave you with, it's the spiritual practice and the spiritual teaching of you already are. And if you learn to know yourself, then you have everything that you need. I'm going to sign off and do some journaling. And let me know, please, what you think about my roundabouts and all my ins and outs. And if I left anything undone and you want clarity on it, please let me know. Thank you so much for listening to us on the Spiritual Boss Podcast. Peace in, peace out.